This Short Code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Code podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews by students for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com. Welcome back to the Short Coat Podcast, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler. The podcast host, top ear doctors are begging their patients to never hear again. As we record this on Friday, March 8th, see National Women's Day. And I have the pleasure of having women in the room with me. Oh, that sounds weird. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's not what I meant. So anyway, I'm on cloud nine to see Hillary O'Brien behind a microphone. Hi, guys. I am walking on air because Laura Quast is here, fresh from a visit to the vet for her pooch, Ollie. (laughs) Hi. Aline Sanduk. It's like a breath of fresh air in the studio. My gosh. Hello. (laughs) And Sophie Williams. Perez is joining us for the first time, like a sun peeking over the horizon, lending her light to a new day in SCP history. Sophie. Hi. You're new here. <laughs> I am. And I'm grateful for it. What Me bring, too. What brings you to the mic now that you're a second year medical student? Um, It's mostly Hillary O'Brien yeah. harassing me into doing this. I kind of I thought maybe. is strong. <laughs> I thought somebody was harassing you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, uh, what were you doing before you came to the Carver College of Medicine? Uh, before that, I was still a student, mm-hmm. basically a lifelong student. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I was at Warburg College and then just basically came straight here after. And you're in the Navy. I am in the Navy. Yeah, what do you, what will you see? You'll yeah. be a... a, a <laughs> A corpsman, Navy corpsman, is that a corpsman? Doctor? Um, that's that's not no, really. No, that's, that's technically enlisted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I an officer, so I, okay, no one's ever heard of this. It's called an ensign. Oh yeah, I mean I've heard of it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I've seen it written. I've never heard it said out loud. Yeah, ensign. Yeah, that sounds cool. It sounds is cooler it, than is it, it is. Cool? <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the show. I'm glad you could. Uh, thank you, thank you. I'm glad you could join us. I wanted to start out today with listener Oscar. He's uh, struggling with some info he found on our website as he approaches his first year of medical school. Let's see what Oscar has to say. I am from California and will be attending Carver College of Medicine this fall. Woohoo! Woohoo! Yo! Yeah. <laughs> I am excited for finally starting the next step in my life. But I am anxious now that I have to face the realities of financing school. Mm-hmm. I am trying to draft a budget for next year and would like to know how much I should budget for books and supplies. The budget suggested by the financial aid office states it should be around 5700 which sounds astounding to me. Is there a way around this? I recall some comments by med students regarding this, but I was so darn nervous for my interview that I couldn't hear them over my heart beating out of my chest. <laughs> Thanks. Love the podcast. Thank you for writing, Oscar. Uh, to help with Oscar's dilemma, I've asked our financial aid counselor and the guy responsible for putting up that info on the website that freaked you out so much. Chris Rowling is on the show <laughs> to make an accounting for his actions. Uh, Chris, how could you freak out Oscar that way? Come on, man. Uh, it was not my intention. I'm sorry, Oscar. Well, okay. So so uh, the to if you haven't been uh, to our website, I don't know why, but um, you've got basically a breakdown of... Um, potential expenses by year. Um, and we're not talking about uh, tuition. We're talking about sort of what you might call, what, incidental expenses? Yeah, the books and supply budget. Yeah. And it's the one section that's really not itemized, not self-explanatory. So when you see that big sticker item on there, it seems like it's a lot when it doesn't really explain what it is. But yeah, there are a lot of things we include in there for the budget that, you know, they might potentially need. Does that mean they have to buy all those things? No. Yeah, so we're talking about, uh, I think, among the things that were on there were uh, a laptop and a printer. Um, and, of course, you, uh, your, that, that number included, you know, um, um, uh, Mac computer. So that's a little higher. Yep, and they're not required to have a Mac computer at all. But we do, if they want it, we try to make it so they can get a MacBook Pro. So we kind of price to see what that right. is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe you don't yeah. need a printer. Yeah, you know, and maybe you might you not have, at all. Maybe you already have a laptop mm-hmm. that you... Uh, already like. 
Yeah. So like the laptop budget alone, out of that five thousand, the laptop budget's like I think it's twenty six fifty of it. So it's almost half of it. Uh, you may have a computer that you it's going to get you through just fine. So maybe you don't need to borrow that money right there. So you could return it if you wanted. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, so is it the case that you get this money and then you can give it back? Yes. Okay. Um, other stuff that's in there is uh, vaccination. Yeah. There's over a thousand dollars for vaccinations. You may, you may have some of those already and don't need them, but since it's required for the program, we have to include it in case they would not have them. So uh, what else is in there? Oh, let's see. Um, Medical equipment. So again, another probably thousand dollars for medical equipment. Um, and I was Laura, <laughs> you're shaking your head. <laughs> tell us, tell us what you think. You don't need to buy the otoscope or the ophthalmoscope. Right. You just don't. You don't yeah. need them. Even I, like the tuning forks. If you have a friend that has yeah, them, you would be golden. Yeah. Don't buy a blood pressure cuff. Don't do it. <laughs> Never open it. I think that's what Zach um, might have heard about. Um, on an earlier show, um, if he listens, because yeah. we t- we talked about how medical insurance. You mean Oscar? Uh, Oscar, excuse me. What did I say? Zach. Zach. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's what Oscar might have heard about if he listened to an earlier show, because we talked about medical instruments and yeah. and how that's kind of a, I wouldn't say a scam, but it's unnecessary completely. Yeah. It's a stethoscope. Mm-hmm. I can't even say it. Stethoscope. Yeah. And then maybe a pen light, but order it, order it on Amazon. Like, not a sponsor. Uh, <laughs> or Walmart or Target. No, also not sponsors. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, isn't it also the case that any funds you decide to return within one month, uh, they'll cancel like the interest that accrued on that? It's actually 120 days, so it's closer to four months. So, but yeah, good point. Even better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, with the equipment too, I always say that ask an older med student. You know, is this something I need? Because you know. It's listed for the program, so we put it in there. It doesn't mean you have to buy it, and and you don't have to buy the top of the line for everything either. You know, you could go middle of the road. And yep. in fact, when we do that, that's what we do. We look at what's the lowest price, what's the highest price, and we kind of trying to find a medium on each one. But you don't necessarily have to buy them. If you need them, that's why the money's there, but you don't have to go get them. The other thing that's on your list there is textbooks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can list on one hand all the books that I know anyone bought. Mm-hmm. Netter's Anatomy, uh, Pathoma, but that comes with the class. Uh, maybe a couple of BRS study guides and the Anatomy Atlas. Actually, mainly anatomy stuff. But first for the aid. Most part. What's that? First aid. Yeah, first but that, that, some of those come later. I mean, some people do like to have it their first year so they can like look at it as they go through and make notes. But I mean, by no means, honestly, guys, by no means do you need to have first aid your first semester. And we, of course, or we should. First year. Right. Or even maybe second year. Like, <laughs> of course, we should say that, you know, some of this information applies to our school. I, I, you know, we can't speak for every school, True. but many of our, many of your courses uh, have textbooks that are optional. Um, and, they also and and many of those optional textbooks are available in our counseling center for you to lo- uh, take out on loan, um, essentially for the semester, I think. And and um, so you can get around a lot of that. Yeah. And even I know like Hardin, the health sciences library here, I know they're trying to make a bigger push to get as many of the textbooks um, online as they possibly mm-hmm, can get mm-hmm. online copies and get them linked so all the students can have access to them wherever they are. So, uh, Oscar, <clears throat> I hope Chris has made amends for his, uh, <laughs> for, his for freaking you out. Um, and, uh, it, you know, as you approach uh, coming to the Carver College of Medicine, let us know if anything else freaks you out. And we will do our best to either assuage your concerns or ratchet up that, uh, that, freak out to uh, extraordinary levels so that when you get here, you're um, just a complete insane person. Um, Listener Zachary has a question uh, about academic medical societies and such. Let's hear from Zachary. Hi there. Hi. It would be awesome if you all could provide some insight into academic societies slash fellowships during medical school, for example the American Medical Association, or the American College of Physicians, and if there is any benefit to being a part of them during our studies. Love hearing from you all every week. Thanks for all that you do. Chris, I, f- I forgot to say that you're done. <laughs> Get out. Get out. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. I appreciate oh, your uh, no your visiting with us. 
So, uh, yeah, Zachary um, wants to know about me academic medical societies. Do you guys uh, all, have you guys all signed up for your whatever medical society you're interested in? Uh, I'm in maybe th three? I don't know. So you get like free membership into most of these in medical school. At least the ones I'm all signed up for are free and I just get emails, like a lot of emails. Mm -hmm. Some of them are cool because they'll highlight new research in the area. So yeah. I just like to read them, even though like I think I'm in, oh, I don't know. I get like inpatient internal medicine research emails and I'm not going into internal medicine, but I still like to read them. They're really interesting because it just highlights like the hard hitting research articles. Um, but yeah, I don't really pay for any of them and I don't really know much about their utility. Yeah. I don't know too much about them. I know here at Carver, we get automatic membership into the Iowa Medical Society. Mm -hmm. And I think we might get a reduced rate for the American Medical Association, but I think there's still some sort of fee. Yeah, I'm just this last year paid for AMA, the American Medical Association. And I don't think it's an Iowa specific reduced rate. I think it's just a student lifetime rate that's mm -hmm. cheaper than what it would be if you were a physician, at least with um, being that. I don't really know the utility as a student. It's more of like my own personal um, volition for being in it. Like I really like like legislative medicine and stuff like that. And so it's been a really good opportunity. Like I went to the AMA um, medical student section national conference in D.C. And like you just get to see what physicians and our role is in like putting policy forward, which is really cool. So I think some of these societies, it kind of comes up to like what you want to do with medicine and the interests you end up taking on, and then, of course, whether or not you may want to pay for some of these. But. Yeah, and a lot of the specialty ones may even be free, too, like um, Laura was alluding to. Like, I know for the American Academy of Family Physicians, it's free to become a student member, and being a student member gives you access to go to, like, the summer national conference down in Kansas City where they have, like, tons of different residency programs, and it's more geared towards, like, medical students and residents to attend that. So I know you have to be a member for that. So there are some perks, but um, there are some that you will probably pay for, but maybe avoid those if you're worried about money. Uh, Aline, any that you belong to? Nope. Okay. <laughs> I find them irrelevant at this point. Yeah. Uh, except um, I agree with Sophie that... Uh, for me, it has the most relevance in terms of policy mm -hmm. um, and any like political action that that society is taking in response to different initiatives by, you know, um, the state legislature or the federal government, you know, having to do with the Affordable Care Act. There's a lot of like that's a good place to get information about like what is our what does our community feel about that and what can we do as physicians or future physicians to address it. So, yeah, I was I was going to propose that maybe one of the utilities of it is um just sort of understanding the the general world that you are entering um and since it's free and i mean in a lot of cases you know it might be a good thing um you know there's enough about i mean i i guess uh you know i was sort of thinking of it as the hidden curriculum in in some ways um despite the fact that the hidden curriculum sometimes gets a bad rap deservedly mm -hmm. so but yeah. but the there is a portion of it that involves you getting used to the environment in which you'll be working and the kinds of um, things that you'll be required to do and think and say and all that kind of stuff that, um, you know, basic science classes just don't cover. Yeah, there's what we do as doctors and then there's our interactions with other doctors mm -hmm. and, you know, things that we do as a community. And that's that's what that is, really. It seems like those organizations are aimed at community building and yeah. professional networking. Yeah. So. The American College of Gynecology, ACOG, mm -hmm. Obstetrics and Gynecology, Obstetrics and Gynecology um, is one of those that seems like it has a lot of utility um, because they put out frequent um, sort of what they call committee decisions, which is basically a way of saying, you know, that we've, we've discussed this issue in medicine, um, especially treatment issues. And we think that this is the, and, and it is our, you know, group opinion that this is the way to treat this condition. Um, and I'm sure other political stuff, uh, as, as Aline alluded to. So I think that's one that's, that I have heard is, you know, pretty useful. I mean, a lot of places, a lot of, a lot of, uh, doctors don't get that kind of um, mm -hmm. 
sort of group feedback. Yeah, AMA does similar stuff. Like they're one of the biggest parts of like an annual conference is getting together and talking about all the policy that's coming forward and then coming up with basically a general consensus on whether or not they want to support a certain thing that may come forward or deny or oppose what may go forward or even if it's something that basically AMA and physicians as a whole should even have an opinion on. And it was really cool to get to see that and understand what other physicians and medical students are trying to understand and put forth. They're brainwashing you. Maybe. They're, ju- they're just, you know, inserting knowledge into your head. Isn't that just what medical school is oh. in general? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can I, can I, I, I like to steer the conversation away from anything relevant. I just found something out yesterday that <laughs> roughly pertains to costs in medical school and roughly pertains to membership and committees. Okay. I found out that disability insurance for residents are, is really expensive. It's like $140 a month. Oh. Why? For And that guarantees, I think, a salary of $80,000 if you become disabled. Why is it so expensive? I have no idea. They, I had no idea it was that expensive. They, I mean, there's a lot of occupational hazards in our work, like a lot of heavy lifting, a lot of, yeah, that I can see that. Specifically for orthopedic surgery, so that has, mm-hmm. I don't know if the rates are different in is each that your residency. Bag? Is that what you're going to do? No. Okay. <laughs> no. It, it was really interesting, but no. Um, Emphatically, no. <laughs> uh, I take that test in about an hour, though. But oh. Uh, that's a lot of money. Oh, I lost my train of thought. That's okay. It's a lot of money, but also they said that three out of ten people will end up using at least a little bit of the policy at some time, oh, really? which is that's, really high. That is very high. Again, don't know if that's specific for orthopedic surgeons or not, but. I could see it being specific to ortho just because a lot of med students I know on ortho, their specific job is just to hold limbs up Mm -hmm. so that the physicians and the other healthcare professionals don't have to. And so it's, it's, it's really physically taxing. Yeah. I mean, you're already on your feet a lot as a surgeon, but then with ortho, you're lifting limbs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Well, thanks so, for that. Sorry, sorry that. about that. Just thought that I, that's important knowledge that needs to be out there. <laughs> we need to accident prone myself. I will appreciate <laughs> information. Um, I, so, Hillary, um, you submitted oh, yeah. for the show an article from the BMJ that asks in its headline, Should Doctors Cry at Work? Yeah. And as always, I will post the link in this episode show notes at theshortcut.com. But briefly, can you tell us what this article is about? Sure. So the article pretty much sounded a, sounded like it was resounding, it's okay to cry at work as long yeah. as it's for the right reasons. Yeah. Um, such as like you're feeling a lot of empathy for your patients, like you just gave them a horrible like cancer diagnosis. And by shedding a few tears and like processing your own emotions in that time, it makes you be able to have a closer relationship to that patient. But the article also warns about times where crying is not exactly as good um such as like when you just like have a stress breakdown and you're crying yeah. like in the bathroom or a closet and that's just kind of a sign that you're not properly processing like the stress and emotion you're under so I don't know you- I took I took I took a slightly different oh. um reading of that which is that um it's okay to do that but you know not in front of your patient obviously but um, you know, basically don't let it take away from your interaction with the patient, but you know, medicine is stressful, um, both as an occupation and because of the emotional connection that you, uh, get with your patient. You didn't, you, you, I guess I saw it more as the point that you feel the need to like go hide and do it sometimes. Like there could be some other underlying issue just about how you may be like oh. being overworked or oh, things yeah. like that. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I get, yeah, that's I more where I was. I see what you're saying. I don't know. Nothing wrong with crying. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard you're a crier. I'm a crier. It's the way I process strong emotions, uh-huh. anger, happiness, sadness, uh-huh. really anything, laughter. Yeah. How <laughs> I many... don't know. There's nothing wrong with hiding and crying if that's what you got to do. If you get really, really sad and then you cry and you feel better. You didn't hurt anybody. Yeah. You just it's known to make bit. you feel better. Yeah. Actually. yeah. It's yeah. like swearing when you like hit your hand on something. It yeah. makes pain less bad. Sometimes there's reason. no adequate response other than to cry. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a lot of times it's as long as you understand why you're crying, then it's going to be okay. 
yeah. to do it. But if you just like, oh, don't have a reason and like you're not properly like processing like why it is that you feel so much emotion that you just have to cry, then like that's when it becomes more of an issue. How many of you have cried in the last, say, six months about in general about or medicine? Like- Okay, well, we just got done taking step one, so that's a little little personal. (laughs) Or just like, maybe just not in the six months, but like during your time, like in the hospital. I've cried in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. I've cried, yes, yes. I've cried in your office a whole bunch of times. (laughs) Dave, you know the answer to that question. I cried almost, Mm. yeah, like on average a couple times a week during med school. It was very stressful. Yeah. I don't know. I think I have inappropriate emotional responses i usually <laughs> laugh or i don't know i, I do a spectrum? lot of is that what's going on yeah maybe <laughs> i do a lot of like self-deprecation so i make it into a joke yeah hey I, everyone deals differently that's yeah. okay i'm yeah. not I suggesting I that it's happening yeah stuff like that yeah um i yeah i mean i think it, I, you know what jobs make you cry even my job i have sometimes cried at and so I'm never going to tell anybody to, you know, to not do that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you don't want to, you know, want to do it out there. Right, interesting. Um, some interesting things at the end of that article. One study in Australia uh, cited in that article found that 57 percent of um, doctors and 31 percent of med students had cried at work at least once and that women cried more often than men. Uh, most times, uh, people s- <laughs> we're just more in touch with our emotions, we're healthier for it, and a better doctors to our patients for it. Yeah, yeah. But Retweet. Most said they were crying after identifying and bonding with the, you know, with their patients. Yeah. Oh, um, damn. Uh, med students exper- reported, unfortunately, med students experienced problems after crying, including being ridiculed and yelled at. For oh, jeez, really? Yeah. Um, a U.S. Uh, web survey. So you got to take that with a grain of salt. Uh, found that crying was common in medicine. 69% of medical student response, respondents and 74% of interns reported crying, but um, that many think it's unprofessional to cry in front of patients and colleagues. Well, what kind of crying are we talking about? You know, is it sh- ugly like wiping a tear away oh, as oh, you're delivering ugly bad crying news? Is... Or like... There's so many different kinds <laughs> yeah. of crying. I was going to say, because like I, I could see having an emotional reaction that then makes the patient feel like they have to take care of you. Yeah. And that's inappropriate. Yeah. Right, but, right. You know, if you're delivering bad news and like a tear, you know, leaks. I thought Obama handled that very nicely, actually. I, I don't know why this moment sticks out in my mind. When he was addressing the public after the Sandy Hook um, shooting... You know, it was completely understandable that he would be getting emotional after yeah. addressing a nation that is clearly mourning for these children. And, you know, he paused and then regained his composure. I, I'll never forget this. He just like very elegantly and with like <laughs> grace wiped a tear away and then continued talking. And I just found that so elegant and it said a lot, but it was really muted. And <laughs> oh, no, Laura's <laughs> crying. Yeah, I remember. I remember that day so well. Like, yeah. I don't know why. I just it was Ooh. an emotional day for everyone. I mean, it was it was a big day. Yeah. It was a very sad day, and it's nice to remember when we had a president that was comforting. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's been a while. Cool to say the least. President. It's been yeah. a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's been a long three years. Yeah. You know, to make uh, to make you feel better, uh, Laura and Aline, I have brought a surprise for national. International Women's Day. It's in the bag. Um, you can go for it. Pick, oh, I thought that was your bag, Sophie. Pick I was one of your in there. Pick one of your choice. Oh, is it a big good? Is it good? Is it it's food? A bag of cookies. Yeah! yeah! I just finished eating a monster cookie. Oh, <gasps> yeah. are they Java House cookies? <laughs> Not a sponsor. Yeah. <gasps> I can oh tell gosh. by the chocolate the on the side. Chocolate chip. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, there's a what? couple of there, there's a couple of uh, uh, oatmeal right. cookies in there if you're a masochist. I like oatmeal cookies. I do too. I, that, actually, the like just straight up oatmeal or uh, I can't remember. Um, oh, man. Oh, yum. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. You're welcome. You know what's better than a poke in the eye with a sharp stick? Podcast merch. And you know what's better than filling a podcaster's pockets when he doesn't need the money? Podcast merch that does something good. When you buy our t-shirts at theshortcode.com slash store, every dollar we make will be given to charity. Spring 2019's charity is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Get your SEPT and bring some light into the world at theshortcode.com slash store. 
All right. So while we're all having our cookie and everyone is um, uh, incapacitated, <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to take this opportunity <laughs> to uh, give a Lord. shout out to. <laughs> Uh, I want to give a shout out to a couple of uh, open mics around town. So uh, we've we've talked about this a little bit on the show, but not too much. So one of my hobbies outside of school is stand up. And uh, it's brought a lot of joy to my life, actually. It's just go and hang out and make jokes um, in a very low pressure environment. And so um, some of these mics are really good. And a lot of local comics are fantastic, but uh, these mics don't get the love that they deserve. So. Um, I wanted to let you guys know about um, an open mic at Yacht Club on Monday nights at 9. Uh, at Penguins in Cedar Rapids, usually starts around 8. And then uh, one on Thursdays uh, at High Grounds, which starts around 8 o'clock also. Um, the attendance is kind of very spotty, um, and it uh, wavers with the semester and how many students are in town. Um, but there's a lot of good talent, and I'd like to see these comics get the the love and the audiences that they deserve so feel free to come out anytime awesome that sounds cool mm. uh will we would we what are the chances that we might see you on stage on one of those nights 100 percent. oh i go every week cool yeah. mm-hmm. i try to make it to all three monday monday night at yacht club is my favorite one so far um the two guys who host it gerald bronson and spencer laux do like a weekend update segment at the beginning mm. and it's very good and uh yeah it's a lot of fun have you seen the show on Amazon Prime, uh, like The Adventures of Miss Maisel? It is so yes. good. It's Marvelous Mrs. Really, Maisel. Yeah, yeah, there we go. That's the name. It's I so love good. it. Yeah. That's why I just thought It's of. a great topic for International Women's Day as well. Oh, it like, is. she's so empowered. Actually, Actually yeah. 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 Go watch it. Okay. Seriously. Uh-huh. It's very This funny. is a sponsor. <laughs> is, it, is it appropriate for 11 year old girls? They're swearing. There's some nudity. There's nudity. They're swearing in our house, so that's fine. I mean, the first episode has some nudity in it. Mm -hmm. Wait, are we talking about a normal 11 year old or Coraline? We're talking about Coraline. (laughs) Oh, Coraline will be. She can handle it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Measles continues to be a problem here in the U.S., despite having been nearly eliminated decades ago by vaccines. And we reported on a young lad by the name of Ethan Lindenberger, who gained fame recently as an 18-year-old when, in defiance of his mother's wishes, he got himself vaccinated as soon as he was of age. And then suddenly he was famous for having pissed off his mom <laughs> real, <laughs> real bad. Um, this is the way young people are going to rebel against their parents in our generation. Oh, yeah. This I got my, a va- my I got favorite vaccine. rebellion. Like if for yeah. my generation was like, I smoke pot. Yeah, vaccines are the modern day tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, now young Ethan has uh, spoken before the U.S. Senate Committee on Health, Education, Labor and Pensions at a hearing examining the outbreaks of preventable diseases. Let's hear from Na- uh, Ethan. Did I say Nathan? Ethan. Names today. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> names are not my forte. For certain individuals and organizations that spread this misinformation, they instill fear into the public for their own gain selfishly and do so knowing that their information is incorrect. For my mother, her love, affection, and care as a parent was used to push an agenda to create a false distress. And these sources which spread misinformation should be the primary concern of the American people. Almost 80% of people, according to the Pew Research Center, turn to the internet for health-related questions. I further explained some more statistics and evidence in my written testimony. I quickly saw that the evidence and claims for myself were not accurate. And because of that, and because of my healthcare professionals I was able to speak with and the information provided to me, I was able to make a clear, concise, and scientific decision. Approaching this issue with the concern of education can cause change, as it did for me. I like Ethan. Well, I mean... Seems like a good boy. He probably has autism now, so... (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Uh, two things about Ethan's testimony that struck me. Um, that was such a great zinger. Nice job. <laughs> two things struck me about Ethan's, uh, about those statements from Ethan. First, um, his idea that these organizations and individuals are spreading these ideas with malice. So they're not, he says that they're not spreading them because they truly believe this, but because they want to make money, essentially, or gain something. Um, yeah, and I think he means, well, I think, yeah. he, I think what he means here is that, you know, controversial ideas generate clicks, essentially, mm. and thus revenue. Like Alex Or tribes. Yeah. yeah. That's going to be 
going down though, excuse me, I'm chewing my cookie. <laughs> so I think Facebook announced yesterday that they are going to start like downgrading like the ranking of anti-vaccine like posts and you won't be seeing as many ads for like anti-vaccine people. And I think YouTube also put like, I think they put some sort of like thread or banner saying that these are like not supported views or something like that. I think one problem that we face though, is that you're never going to be able to eliminate that or even reduce it substantially in certain circumstances. So if you, if you go to Google and type in, you know, uh, something like, um, I don't want to vaccinate my child because of uh, autism or, you know, you're going to get sources of information that say, yeah, that's correct. You shouldn't do that. And confirmation bias being what it is, you know, you're going to, you're, you know, people are going to believe that. And, and I, I think that this sort of gets to the second thing he emphasizes, um, education as a remedy. And one source of education is physicians. But we live in a country where access to physicians is unfortunately limited um, when many lack the resources to see a doctor. That's just not true. We have WebMD. It's MD in the name. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Google. I can't yeah. tell if you're being sarcastic. No. <laughs> and like still can't tell. What is the socioeconomic status of the people who are choosing not to vac vaccinate the children? Are they Very the sort high. Yeah. They're That's the sorts of people that have the funds, have the health insurance. To take their kiddo to the doctor. That's it's the privilege of the really highest order. Take it that honestly. far. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So I think the silver lining here is that um, pharma companies don't need us coming to their rescue. They do make a lot of money. They make an insane amount of money. And for them to be held accountable for what they put in the products that they give to the public, I don't think is a bad thing. Right. And to be fair as physicians and even as students, we don't really learn exactly what the chemical formulation of vaccines are. We just know the diseases that we're preventing and kind of the theoretical composition of them, right? So maybe, you know, maybe this is a good thing where it forces pharmaceutical companies to be more transparent about what, what are these chemicals that you're putting in vaccines and why are they safe and what are the studies that we've done? And it's a point of learning for the public, which clearly you know, is science illiterate right now more than ever? So maybe maybe it's, yeah, risky to be going down this road, but I think there are advantages here to be had. Although the only hard thing, and you see this in other controversial topics, is science is logical. That's what we cling on to. It's what we use to reason the world and decision-making. However, What's really hard is this subset of the population that's making these choices to go against vaccines or what have you that is not what is recommended by most or any healthcare professionals don't really cling on to or don't choose to educate themselves with the scientific fact. And so then when we give that to them, it, it doesn't have a lot of pull. Which is hard because I don't I don't know how to remedy that. And I don't know what the other option is. It's just something I've come across that these people, like I hate to use the phrase, but it's like are almost too far gone that you can't pull them back in with science because it's just not something they want to look into, Yeah, which is hard. They seem to be having a much more like emotional response to it rather than logical response. But yeah, that's like something ethos, that like... Ethos, pathos, logos type yeah. of thing. That's something that all of us as humans are capable of. Like, if you think about the patient who has, I mean, Alex Trebek with stage four pancreatic cancer, which he announced this week, he posted the video about how he's going to keep working while he's receiving treatment and things like that. And if you've ever seen someone going through stage four pancreatic cancer treatment, it's just Great. not realistic. Like, he's in an emotional decision place, not a logical decision place. So, like, we make that same sort of distinction and no matter what, we're encountering in our life, I guess. People yeah. are people are more emotional than they are logical at their yeah. at their foundation. I mean, the 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 portion of our brain that's emotional, um, you know, just overrides um, logic a lot of the time, and mm -hmm. and we tend to come up with sort of reasons after the fact why we made those decisions um, in a logical way. I feel like that's not 
That's not representative of all of the vaccine hesitant people. And I think that's part of the problem is that the vaccine hesitant or vaccine refusing community is extremely diverse. Um, And I feel like what Sophie was talking about is, you know, folks who are a little bit less familiar with science and, you know, maybe didn't go to college or, you know, didn't attain a, a, a super high level of scientific education. But what's interesting is that there's a lot of like upper socioeconomic people who are also mm-hmm. declining, you know, these treatments. And it's hard to conceive of a strategy that, um, you know, that will be amenable to such a diverse group, you know, all, from all walks of life and all socioeconomic backgrounds and racial backgrounds and things like that. Yep. I think that's part of the problem. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Well, for Ethan's mother's part, uh, Jill Wheeler, she recently told uh, online science magazine undark.org that when Ethan got himself vaccinated, it was like him spitting on me, saying, you don't know anything. I don't trust you with anything. Yeah, I saw that. She had a very visceral response to Ethan, his decision. you are full of when you get home. You are so from, grounded. From break. <laughs> oh, man. Go to your room. Never leave it again. Poor Ethan. Um, Wait, he's 18, though. Yeah. He yeah. is, but he's still in college, or he's he's going to college. So um, at least I think that's what I read. So, you know. I mean, he can make his own decision, but, you know, he's still probably going to go home for break and yeah. Thanksgiving and shit. And... Financial and emotional support would yeah. be nice. <laughs> yes. Are there, like, exemptions? Because didn't we ha- all have to get, like, the meningococcal vaccine before starting college? Do colleges have exemptions as well? Religious and medical okay. exemptions. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Not philosophical. Yeah. So then I would imagine. He probably had to. Yeah. Actually, yeah. If he wanted to go to college, yeah. he had to do this. Uh, well, speaking of patient communication, let's try something. Oh boy. This is, this is the phrase that Hillary loves whenever she comes on the show. As long as it's, don't, okay, this was a nice eating treat today, but there's See? been some time. <laughs> I feel like it's been so nice. Dave delivered the pleasure before he delivers yeah. the pain. <laughs> what are you going to yeah, do? Yeah, you know what? I didn't even think, you know, it's Lent. Maybe some of you had given up on earthly Hell pleasures. No. and. <laughs> <laughs> for the for the we're 40. medical students, we can't do that. <laughs> for the Actually, 40 days. a lot of people are giving up plastic or as much plastic as they yeah. can for Lent, which Aww. I find is really oh, that's super cool. Yeah. I think about that, then I'll probably forget it in hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> wait, did you? Okay, here's another totally side. Derailed. This got totally derailed by, like you said, plastics, and I was thinking of all the things that are plastic in my life, and, and then my brain just suddenly like. <laughs> Okay, here's another thing. Dealing with societies and very off topic again, but the American Academy of Pediatrics officially recommends against plastic Tupperware. Oh, finally. Yeah, that was kind of that was like within the last few months or so. But I I was like, Liza, I'm throwing away all of our plastic Tupperware. (laughs) And what was her response? She said, don't throw it away. I will still use it. But she's been using my glass stuff, so I mean... And Liza's going to be a pediatrician. That's true. That is I, true. Uh, I, I, I heat things up in, in Tupperware all the time. I know you're probably not supposed no. to do that. It's so convenient. And, so I think and my regular store... plates and cups burn the shit out of me when I take them out of the microwave. <laughs> I think it's okay to store like dry goods, like non-liquid goods in Tupperware. But to store anything liquid, I mean, you can tell that there's some type of chemical exchange going on. So if you put a red sauce, you know, or, or any mm-hmm. type of marinara, yeah. the plastic becomes red. What's going in must come out, right? So... Dave, we care about you. Thank you. We need you around forever running this podcast. You Thanks. need to stop oh, this behavior forever. Okay. Yes. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, I have I do have something that I would like to try. I have in front of you a uh, a cup, and wait a minute. These mouth spacers. Oh yeah, I have a, I have in front of you a cup and some <laughs> and a bag of mouth spacers <laughs> or, or mouth uh, spreaders. The cup is filled with words, and the uh, and what you do is you take one person will take a slip of paper from the word cup along with a mouth spreader. The words will together will com- will constitute a diagnosis, let's say. And your job is to speak those words to your patients, represented by the other people in the room. Uh, shall we give it a shot? Yeah, I vote Sophie goes first since she's new. Okay. Yeah, Sophie, I, get a mouth spreader. I'm going to abstain. No, I hate doing this. No, I hate. This. I hate okay, when were these last clean? That's all I know. They are brand new from Amazon. Right. 
Not a sponsor. That goes the other way. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I don't know how these are here. There you go. I don't. No. How do you do it? I think those go on the sides. No, not. No, no, no. This is fun. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. She's so pretty. Take a. Rude. Oh, you know what we might need? Uh, oh, yeah. There's a lot of drooling. Dave just had to go get paper towels for drool. I don't drool. <laughs> Is that the drool card? Yeah. Oh, God. Take one and tell your patients what horrible disease they have. Uh, <laughs> I can't say it. <laughs> this is going very hey, well. <laughs> There's no way. All right, I'll be the translator. What does it say? No, you don't have to. Don't say it. You can't oh. say it. The point is, we the, the broken leg. Oh, <laughs> ruptured lips. Yeah, ruptured lips. I don't know what that is. Yep. You can take it out now, Sophie. You, you accomplished your... Oh, I was expecting, like, a real diagnosis. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, go ahead, Laura. Oh, I'm going? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, it's not all going to be Sophie. <laughs> much as she might read much as she might want that. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> we all look like psychos through these <laughs> massive, <laughs> teethy smiles. <laughs> Lean in. Lenti Rahina. Lenti. I got half of it. Lenti. That yeah, I think you can't. You can't possibly. It's it's. Oh no! Plenty. <laughs> I can make these together, and I can't make that noise. Look, I can talk kind of regularly, and I can't say. <laughs> the listeners, I'll put you out of your misery. The phrase, the, the word is wimpy muffin top. Good God! Is that a is that an actual diagnosis? Yeah, what no. Are these diagnoses? No. Of course not, Aline. No. Is that an actual? It's just whatever is <laughs> phonetically most hard for us to do. Yeah, I'd love to see. I'd love to see oh. a medical chart with this as the diagnosis. Yes, I'm afraid on the you differential have... we have wimpy muffin top, <laughs> <Yes>. ruptured lips. Chrissy Ryan, moisture, crispy moisture. <laughs> Crispy man moisture. Yeah. Crispy man moisture? Yeah. Dave. <laughs> You're setting us up to fail. Oh, are we in the 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 Guess whose turn it is, contestants? <laughs> All right, I'll do it. <laughs> I saw the P and I was like, <laughs> the P and the R I couldn't. It's like uh, 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 uh. man. <laughs> I don't like okay, you know. Okay, 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 okay. No, it's, it's lame. It's lame. <laughs> All right. I heard that you have earning hills. <laughs> I could burning cankles, <laughs> burning pee hole. No. No. Wow! So they have a UTI. The clap! Uh, oh my god! You're you're incorrect. It's burning hole. I don't know. Burning dimples. <laughs> Ew! He got the drool pad. Burning holes. Burning. Pimples. Yes. Oh. I could read through the back of the sheet. <laughs> <laughs> They're kind of see-through. All right. Okay, no. Here you go. 
Why am I Ooh, why am I like, cleaning off my mouth spreader right now? <laughs> that's like the black dahlia. I've been doing a lot of reading about murders. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot that, of new Netflix shows about murders. I feel like it was like they did the whole making a murderer thing and saw how big that was yeah. gonna be. And we're like, we're gonna make so Spiral. many murders, and then it just like two and now there's like, there's like an everything. Adnan yeah. show off of the podcast yeah, like, off of Serial wow Netflix I think went uh, on a rampage taking any project they could because yeah. there's more content on there than like one person could watch in their entire lives there was a South Park episode a lot that, of it's like, pretty <laughs> shitty too what's that <laughs> a lot of it's pretty shitty too I yeah. think That's yeah well Bird Box was Decent. No, some of it's some of it's great. I thought you was I mean, good. They won Academy so Awards pretty. for Roma. Yeah. Yes, that's right. I mean, some of it's very, very good, but you know, go deep enough into certain uh, certain genres, and it's like, no, I don't want to watch Planet Nine from outer space or whatever. Okay, but Planet Earth Two is on there, and there are dolphins in a rainforest that flooded, wow. which is crazy. Oh yeah. So you know, there is still some quality. Okay. Material on Netflix. Fair enough. There's going to be a second or a sequel to to all the boys I loved before. So, oh, oh for Netflix, awesome! It's a good movie, Dave. Okay, fair enough. Sophie, uh, you have a, a diagnosis you'd like to share with your patient? Uh, yes. I'm already drooling. <laughs> but she said she's already drooling. <laughs> Fractured. Thumb. Fractured thumb. Liz. Thumb. Fractured thumb. Liz. Liz? Liz. Limbs. Limbs. <laughs> Fractured thumb limbs. Lips. Liz. <laughs> Lips, limbs, lizard. I just li- I just really want to keep saying limbs, but like louder. <laughs> it's limbs. Liz. Rims. <laughs> you were drilling so much. I don't to sit. She's drilling so much she has to wipe off her neck. Hey, uh, sorry, it's getting down to my leg. Uh, I don't know why I so much sit. Ribs. Why don't you try ribs? Ribs. Ribs. Yeah. Oh, nice. There we go. What is that? Are you sure rib? you don't want to try once, Aline? Let's see those pearly whites. Okay, I will do it, but everyone Yay. cannot look at me. Okay. You must avert your gaze. All right. We'll avert our gaze. This camera reminds me of like when you see people talking to pe- other people that don't know English and they're trying to explain something. <laughs> you just say it louder. You say it louder and slower, but still in English. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a couple doctors try and do that. And yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> Let me go get the blue phone. Like, guys. <laughs> okay. I thought you meant with medical terms to like, to you. Broken leg. Dyadokokinesia. I picked one with six words in it. Oh. <laughs> this is, be a this is what you get. Ooh, that's right. Paying my dues. All right. No one look at my face. Uh, all right. We'll close our all eyes. Right. <laughs> the noise of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was me. That wasn't her. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> God. Okay. I see why this is so funny. Perverted ranch of the wild, too. Perverted ranch? I heard perverted ranch. I, yeah. Uh huh. Oh, it's perverted ranch. Uh, ranch. <laughs> How does she make the R noise? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Perverted. Converted. No. Perverted. Perverted. Branch. 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 Oh, branch. Converted branch. Perverted branch. Perverted. Sorry. Of the. Of the. Lilac. Lilac. Can I get a neck and I'm drilling? See. Ours is a disaster. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I looked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Am I the only one who who hasn't looked yet? Jeez. I open my eyes and all you guys are looking. Oh, wait, I, but I'm like can't see her from this uh, angle. Her, 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 her
<laughs> okay. Herherted Ranch. Ranch. As the aisle tube. Something tube? Okay. Mild? Uh, Wild? Piled. <laughs> Filed. <Ooh. laughs> it's not even going to rhyme with that. <laughs> We're like uh, going down a Okay. Rhyme. Perverted branch of the blank tube. Uh-huh. Aisle. Aisle. Island. Oh, my God. I looked at the paper again. <laughs> Laura, you, uh, did you cheat on all your med school exams, this. too? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Don't tell the MBME. <laughs> Look at this. Aisle. Vial? Oh. Perverted branch of the vial tube? No, no, not vial. What? No, it's vial. Vial? Oh, That's what she said. Oh, okay. I said vial. Oh, but yeah. oh. Well, I think you've all done very well. My God! Thank you for uh, <gasps> thank you for participating, Aline. Do we get to take these My home? Pleasure. If you like, I'm not. I don't. <laughs> I don't want them. Uh, that is our show. Uh, Hillary, Laura, Aline, Sophie, thank you, and Chris, who has left. Thank you for joining me on the show this week. And thank You're you, so li- welcome. Oh. <laughs> and thank you, listeners, for making us part of your week. For all of your suggestions and for your t-shirt orders, if you haven't ordered your SCP t-shirt designed by me, head on over to theshortcode.com slash store and pick one up. They're on sale uh, for just $17.99. And all the money earned will go to the National Alliance on Mental Illness this semester, an org which, whose mission of destigmatizing de- mental illness is important to us. If you're new and you like what you heard today, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, any of those places. We love hearing listener questions. So send your questions or whatever you like to the shortcodes at gmail.com or reach out on social media or you can leave us a message at 347 CT. We'll talk about it on the show. If we made you smile or give you something to think about today, right now, while your podcast app is open, give us some stars and a review. It's a cheap and easy way to be a friend of the shortcode and it helps us know we're doing the right thing. The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine, Student Government, and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities program. Our executive producer is Jason Lewis. Our opening music is by Dr. Fox, and our closing music is by Catmosphere. To you in one week. Bye. Bye.